Welcome to the Fanatical Elves Show, part of the Elves Network. We are a bunch of wild and crazy Cleveland Browns fans, bringing you all the latest in Browns news. Tune in now. Welcome to another episode of the Fanatical Elves show, part of the Fanatical Elves Network and Fans First Sports Network. I am John Suchan, and we are welcomed tonight by the Village Elliot Elliot and Steve Gill. Welcome to both of you. How are you, Steve? How are you doing down there in good old Tennessee tonight? Doing great. The uh, 50th annual CMF. CMA Fest started today, so all the hotels are filled again, and downtown oh, is filled with a bunch of drunk country music bands. <laughs> Yeehaw! Spend your money. Leave your green. <laughs> we're having the art festival here in Columbus. That's our. That's what we're doing. We're not doing all that fun, you know, stuff down in Nashville. But oh my God, there's stages everywhere. Every honky tonk is filled. There are cowboy boots and cowboy hats everywhere. Oh, uh, I tell you, stay home. Hey, are you guys getting any of that? um, The uh, smoke from Canada coming down your way there to Nashville? Is it reaching you? Um, Yeah. Tuesday, it smelled like a fireplace outside. Hmm. Oh yes, it's it's very. Hazy. Yes, I think they canceled some baseball games tonight. Over in uh, New York. Yeah, over in New York. So, Elliot, how are you? Oh, I'm just fantastic. It's really nice uh, uh, down here in Dayton. Um, Yeah. A little bit hazy, but uh, other than that. Man, Elliot, it's surprising. We haven't had any rain like here in Ohio for like almost three weeks now. Yeah, it's been very dry. Well, actually, we did have a little bit of rain in Dayton uh, yesterday. Um, I, so the lawn is oh, have a little bit. A little uh, bit. Aren't you lucky? Wasn't it the Wizard of Oz? I feel like when it's gonna rain the next time, like we'll, like we'll, I'll be the the uh, the uh, witch of the north that you know melts when she gets you know water put on her or whatever. <laughs> oh, poppies, poppies will put in wrestling. <laughs> Just don't hang out with a bunch of monkeys and you'll be all right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Flying monkeys. monkeys. The flying, flying monkeys. Monkeys. Yeah. Bad. They bad. are bad. That's bad. The Wizard of Oz. What a what a movie. Um Great so point. welcome to you both and welcome to our show again this week. We are um by the way, we have our trivia contest still. We are giving away two, that's right, free tickets to a Browns versus Baltimore Ravens game in week four. Real tickets, they're free, folks. We are promising you this. We need you to listen to the trivia question tonight, and you can either email the show at elvesnetwork at gmail.com. That's E-L-F-Z network at gmail.com. Or tonight, you can also direct message us at the Fanatical Elves 
on Twitter. We have two Twitter sites. You could even direct message us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page for the Fanatical Elves. So we need your answers. We need uh, we we want to give these tickets away to you, and we're gonna we love to make that announcement um, later this week. We're looking right now at our Sunday show, where we have the Sunday kickoff. Any given Sunday show, where we will be announcing those winners of those tickets. So, um, so this week has been busy for the Brownies. We had our three do, three day manda- mandatory mini camp. Yeah, all those guys that were voluntarily not coming uh, showed up this week. Uh, <laughs> including Nick Chubb, who's chasing Jim Brown now, and Miles Garrett, the uh, often outspoken, and Joel Batonio. So I'd love your initial takes on just the week that was. Um, I know, Steve, you write uh, for a particular blog today and also Cleveland Sports Talk. We Thank you for your support uh, and Cleveland Sports Talk support. Uh, I know Elliot and I write for Dog Pound Daily as well, and – I guess we'll just start up there with Steve. Um, initial thoughts on the mini camp right now after, you know, we're finishing up day three. Well, I know it's seven on seven, 11 on 11, no pass rush, that kind of thing. There's still coverage. But if you watched it on social media and if you listen or read the articles, the ball hardly touched the ground in the past. It was more of a passing camp, I know. But the amazing thing is that's how these practices work when you have a franchise quarterback and a good team. This is what it looks like in Kansas City, in Buffalo, in Philadelphia. This is how it's supposed to look. In the past, it has not looked this way. Yes. I thought Watson, um, his wide receivers were getting open. There's still coverage. Uh, He was throwing in tight windows. Um, Mm -hmm. I love the fact that they're moving Elijah Moore all over the place. Mm -hmm. In Old Miss, that's the exact same thing he did in college. They moved him around all over the place, and he's extremely effective. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just very impressed the way this this all looked. It it just appeared to me that uh, Watson – and Stefanski are on the same page. It, it just—I was very impressed with the way this worked. On defense, you talk to the defensive players; they are all in on Jim Schwartz, and yes. that's a good yes. sign. And we could, we yeah. Um, okay, uh, it's nice to hear that compared to you know not so long ago when we had <laughs> quarterbacks that had trouble like knowing where the playbook was and would fly off to Vegas. Um, and party hard. Um, so it's nice that we see a guy that's, I think, spending a lot of time and, and focused on trying to get this football team right. He looked so, like he was having fun. Yes. Deshaun Watson yeah. looked like he was having fun. And, well, considering what was going on a year ago. Yeah. And well, mentally, I mean, and I'm sure things are still going on behind the scenes that we are unaware of. But for a young person, um, you're right. He He's... He's always come across that way. And even talking to people that would follow Deshaun when he was younger and in Houston, people that followed that Houston Texans team, he was always very um, pretty positive character coming, even coming out of uh, Clemson. So I think that all bodes well for the Brownies. One last thing, you know, know things are going well 
when the national media reads the local media and all of a sudden you're seeing on like good morning football and all these national shows are we sleeping on the Cleveland Browns? Mm. Are the Cleveland <laughs> Browns going to be the surprise team this year? All of a sudden, we've yeah. gone from, uh, they're ranked 21st. I saw one power ranking when they were ranked 11th. Right. In a week. I've been asked that, like last night I was on a show with our um, colleague, uh, Ken, Kevin, well, not colleague. Uh, he works for Fanatical, or uh, the Fans First Sports Network, Kevin Smith, uh, with the Steeler affiliate. And he asked, my to the question of where the Browns are stacking up this year against the rest of the AFC competition, like the chiefs and the bills. And because of what the Browns have done this off season and because of Deshaun Watson returning, should we, like you just said, we shouldn't be sleeping on on Cleveland. And he asked for my assessment on that. And I, I kind of said generally what you said, Steve, you know, we do have a lot of, you know, uh, new pieces. And I think Deshaun's uh, return and he doesn't seem like as rusty and uh, he's had a lot of time to, to practice. And obviously these are seven on seven drills. We're not getting a pass rush yet, but um, you're definitely are, I think onto something here with Watson and Stefanski. So Elliot, what about, what's your initial uh, assessment? Well, I, I have a, a bit uh, more guarded assessment I would say that uh, in this situation, you really can't do anything that would actually impress me, uh, but you can do things uh, that would be negative. You know, this is an opportunity for you to screw up, but you really can't prove anything positive. Um, th there were some things that uh, were kind of uh, bad that did happen. Uh, we had uh, Greg Newsom and Perion Winfrey that were freelancing at 3.30 a.m. on the morning of uh, uh, minicamp. What are you fellas Wait, doing? I thought you were talking about that early in the podcast, uh, the other podcast you did. That, that was over the weekend. So that you were so excited that they were up at 3.30 in the morning. What, well, Elliot, that's, true. What that's true. But Joel corrected me and said that they weren't actually up early. They were out late. What a good attitude they were for getting up early and being up at 3.30 a.m. in anticipation of uh, minicamp. But no, they were actually out late partying and they were robbed at gunpoint. If you didn't hear that somehow. Oh, yes. yes gunpoint, lost their jewelry. I was going to commend them for being smart investors and investing in diamonds, which are a rock solid investment in these inflationary times. But no, Golden they diamonds. lost their Come jewelry on. to armed desperados, and they Desperate also body. lost their expensive sports cars uh, to the same uh, bandits. The, they were probably the sticky bandits uh, that uh, got <laughs> Kevin McAllister's family as well. So that, that is uh, something that bad happened. This is, if it were golf, let's put it this way, this would be uh, 6 to 12 inch putt practice. There's nothing you can do that would really impress anybody. But if you start screwing up 6 to 12 inch putts, that's a bad sign. So I think that uh, there's some uh, defensive players that have some explaining to do. Uh, it just seems like the people that get into trouble with these uh, um, improbable, apparently improbable random events happen to be the players that play below their potential. 
Um, yeah, I definitely, and Elliot, I know you spoke about this a little bit the other day with your uh, football philosophy and rocket science, which is a great podcast. Guys, go back and listen to it. It's part of the uh, our Fanatical Elves Network with uh, Elliot here and Joel Cade. Um, you're, the topic, let's talk about that, just the, that topic, and particularly a couple of these players like Greg Newsom. Um, Greg Newsom coming out of Northwestern, um, smart school. Uh, you, you're thinking when they drafted him a year ago, or was it two years ago now, that he would be um, better than he is at th- this point. He ha- doesn't have any interceptions. They've moved him around a little bit, and now he's caught out at 3.30 in the morning with Perry and Winfrey, who's already had a handful of issues. And then you read other comments. You go back and start reading things. I was telling Steve off air about this uh, basketball hoop at the Browns minicamp, which we'll get into here in a minute. But in an article that was written a year ago, Greg Newsom was quoted about how uh, Stefanski is a player's coach, like Steve said, and, you know, this is all about team bonding, but then we get serious when we get onto the field of play and we're professionals. And I'm, I'm questioning a lot of that, especially with what you're saying right now about him and others. Yeah, whose idea was it to put the basketball hoop up anyway? Was that it was Stefanski? Idea? Yeah, it was. I and I got I got a lot of crap uh, on Twitter last night when I made a comment in reference to that. And lo and behold, Stefanski, it was his family's uh, hoop, and he wanted to bring it. And I forgot that Stefanski's father is an NBA, was an executive or a scout or something. And so yeah. he's had basketball in his life. And on one hand, like I told Steve before we came on air tonight, it's it's an area that I understand. I can see how it's building toward team stuff, but the idea that you have players like Miles Garrett who Miles Garrett got hurt in a pickup game or whatever, now you got a rim out there on a field. It's not asphalt, but the it's you're playing basketball. And I'm old school. I'm I'm old, and I know all the young people are going. Oh, they just want to have fun, and I just think it's it's counter to what Stefanski is supposed to be all about his detail. His it's a mixed his, message. It's a yeah. mixed message. Yeah. That's what I want to talk about. Mixed up. Yeah. Especially because he was pretty uh, firm that uh, miles Garrett shouldn't be playing basketball in the off season. Um, you know, he went on social media showing off his basketball skills. I think the guy's pretty incredible. Yes. Uh, he's, he's got a vertical leap like no one else. Uh, I think he probably could play NBA basketball. But um, uh, I don't think it's a good idea. I, don't, I think it was a bad, uh, bad message. And I think, uh, you know, these the guys on defense have not been looking very good. I think, by the way, the, mm. the entire defensive backfield, I think, has been playing below its potential. I don't think Greg Newsom had a very good year. Uh, and then I think, uh, you know, let's talk about uh, – uh, on the other side, um, uh, Denzel uh, Ward had a terrible year. I mean, he was mm. he was a disaster. He got a huge contract, and then he played. You know, he was probably the worst player on defense that the Browns had after getting an enormous contract. I can't understand it. I think I, what I, saved his what saved his butt is that he intercepted Joe Burrow and ran it back ninety nine yards like two years no, ago. Didn't and see we're his, still no, we're still running that butt, highlight. Yeah. 
it's his contract. They can't afford to get rid of him. They're paying him like the you know one of the top five cornerbacks in the NFL. There's no way that they can get rid of him. He has to be yeah. in the lineup. Uh, there's no choice. He has to be good. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's just an incredible uh, downturn in his play from one year, and that's probably but- the reason why Joe Woods had to go. Uh-huh. Joe Woods is a specialty in the defensive backfield and his star pupil really let him down. And I think well, so, that, that more than anything else causes his demise. So, uh, well, I get, let me ask Steve this question. So with that in mind, we're talking about the defensive side of the ball and the cornerbacks and let's say the secondary, you know, we're lo- we lost John Johnson, but now we picked up Juan Thornhill. Steve, do you think that getting a couple players like that and then Rodney McLeod, will help with what Elliot's sort of suggesting is because it has been porous in that department. Will these other players help a little bit? I think so. Also, yeah. I, I, I think Jim Schwartz's scheme will also help. McLeod knows it. Um, good point. Yeah. For your, uh, for your uh, number three safety. Um, anytime that you can get a free safety like Juan Thornhill, that puts Grant Delphit up closer to the line of scrimmage. And yeah. for God's sakes, we do not want to see Grant Delphit in coverage ever again. <laughs> I've seen enough of that last year. It does not work. <laughs> He's better at the line of scrimmage. Um, also, the players said uh, nobody, nobody, he's not, a, Schwartz is not assigning zones. He's assigning players. Okay. So if you, the guy you're covering lines up in the slot, guess what? You're lined up in the slot. If the guy you're covering is wide, guess what? You're going to be wide. So that tells me he's going to play more man. I think he has the talent to do that. I, Martin Emerson is very good at that. Ward is better at that. I think Newsom will be better at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll trust Jim Schwartz, but I'm going to wait until – I see some preseason games before I totally buy into it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yes. got to see some yeah, games. We, we need to see some, some. And thank goodness, you know, they got a new offense, new defense, and they've got four preseason games and an extra week of practice that helps them. So right. I'll wait till uh, probably game three against Philadelphia will be your dress rehearsal game. That's will be a good indicator of how all this stuff's working. Yeah. Yeah. Elliot, final thoughts in this department before we move on to our next segment, or we're going to talk about another subject here real quick. Well, yeah, I, I think Steve, uh, your analysis is spot on. I think really you, you captured it uh, brilliantly. We need to see improvement there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think oh, I, I wanted to point out also that, uh, Juan Thornhill is a free safety, and John Johnson was a strong safety playing free safety. Safety, last. yeah. And you know, we really. My point all along has been we really shouldn't judge John Johnson's ability as a football player because he was playing out of position for his Constantly. entire career with the Cleveland Browns, which was ridiculous. Yeah. They just right. never got a uh, free safety. Uh, during the time that he was with the Browns, which is very unfortunate for everybody. Yeah, very, very good. So let me ask you, let's start with this. I know, um, Elliot, you were talking with Joel um, on your other show the other day, I believe, about gambling and this whole 
thing going on in the NFL. Tom Brady is now the spokesperson, uh, uh, supposedly, and they've the NFL has the the the, the uh, what are the, what is Elliot? Or I'm sorry, Joel calls him the the uh, bra the what's the name he gives to the NFL owners anyway. Um, Rich white guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we can print uh, all the names. Oh, 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 the Borg. The Borg. He calls them the Borg. Oh, the Borg. Yeah. Anyway, so Tom Brady's a spokesperson for, for anti-gambling. But then and we were talking, you or you were or Joel was on his previous show earlier in the week. I think it was on his What the Elf Was That show, about how it's so hypocritical that the NFL is so, so much invested right now in fan duel and or all these gambling uh, the the, the DraftKings, um they're promoting it they're going to be starting to put in like in cleveland for example uh joel was speculating that they're going to put in places at the stadium where you can now you know gamble during the game and yet there's a series of players that have been banned from the nfl for gambling and now tom brady's coming out with these commercials I just find it totally hypocritical. Like, like Joel says, I wanted kind of your thoughts on this whole area. I mean, obviously it's not going away. What do you, what do you think about it right now? Um, and is it just, we're just, well, well, what's, what's hypocritical? I, I mean, the, the league wants to make money from gambling. I think that's, been the case since the inception of uh, professional but the, football. The, I think the I think the the idea that they're banning these players for something that they're trying to they're 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 getting well, jobs nobody's, money. Nobody's been banned for life, have they? No. But I no. think you have to suspend. You have to punish them. The gambling community needs to make sure that the NFL players are trying their best to win. And they're not laying over in order to make okay. money from betting. But that, now they're... That, that sports needs to have true competition at all times. That's well, what we need the players to do. So I don't believe that's, you start, in that then, sense it's hypocritical at all. So okay. they, the players need yeah. to be punished if they're trying to win money by gambling instead of by playing football. So th that's but where do you fall on this whole thing with, you know, if you're putting like gambling, cause like basically casinos into these stadiums, you're that's I mean, for fans. It's not uh, for the players. Fans. I, know, I, gamble, I get that. Players don't <laughs> that there's no, there's no crossover there. You football players cannot it's such a, gamble. It's such you a can great either be a gambler area. or you can be a player. You cannot. Well, be I know it's all about the, about the dollar. I get that. It's just, um, when I it's, when it's, I listen, it's to not hypocritical. There's there's uh, no crossover permitted. It, <laughs> how these players? I don't think you should get the death penalty. I no, don't think you but, should get suspended for life. You know, I, I don't think Pete Rose yeah. should be banned from the Hall of Fame. I think you should leave it up to the voters. Sure. But I think that there should be punishment for uh, gambling. I'm not saying there shouldn't be. No, and I I'm not necessarily yeah. saying that. I just think it's funny. I maybe it's more funny that we've all this new betting and, you know, you know, it's just ballooned everything and made, you know, the NFL is just maximizing. Uh, I mean, there, there's just a huge money machine. Yeah. Um, they want to make money. I'm, I'm well, cool with yeah, you. We all do. But the players <laughs> should not make money from gambling period. As long as you're a player, you can't do that. Yeah. It's, it's just, there's just no way that you can allow players to make money from gambling. It just, 
doesn't make any sense. And if a player's try to do that, that means they are dumb. They're just dumb. Yeah. You well, cannot gamble if you are a player. The rules are simple. Don't, Don't bet do on it. football while you're on NFL property. Like if so you're what? in the parking lot yeah. in Berea and you're on your, your phone. No, you can't do it bets, at all. You, you can't do it at all. FanDuel and DraftKings knows where you are. <laughs> right. Well, uh, there's one thing, you know, trying to do <laughs> it and not get caught. are trackable. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's one thing, you know, you know, do it and not get caught. It's like performance-enhancing drugs. But yeah. Jiminy exactly. Christmas, you have to understand that the rule is that you cannot gamble well, and it's, play but it's professional good. sports at the yeah, same time. But that's, it's still that's incompatible. It's, it's the idea, like, that the left guard has been talking about with the board and that how I suggested earlier in that the NFL, the owners, the rich guys are, you know, they're just manipulating the system because they, there's money and they have it all. It just seems like the, the things that they're doing, the players and granted that they, these players should be, I'm not saying they shouldn't be punished. I just think it's, I think they take it to great extremes and they, they, they like to point out when they find somebody that's done something. I mean, we're, if we switch well, gears and we talk about Don't bet on football, especially your own <laughs> team. On, on I mean, so what's, no, what's going they, on? They, they what's going on? It. What's they, going on? By the, the way, Colts? yeah, the Colts. John, what's, what's by the on? way, yeah. You know, the one thing about, about rich guys, you know what they want the most? To become richer. <laughs> More money. <laughs> They That's like money. That's why they're rich. I just, I just love the. Uh, well, yeah. So the Colts. Tell me what I've. I haven't invested a lot of time looking at what the Colts are in trouble for. Steve, can you apparently share a bit? one of their players um, has got some kind of network going, and this is all I've heard. This you know of other players. And it's like a gambling pool, I guess. That's what I took from it. I may be wrong, but and they had leaked out. The NFL had leaked out, gosh, three weeks ago, that more suspensions were coming uh, okay. at the owners' meeting. That's that's when uh, uh, the commissioner said more suspensions are coming. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know who they've caught. The rumor is it's a guy with the Colts, but. Okay. Right now, it's just all rumors. Yeah. Well, there's not a yes, lot to do. Isaiah Rogers has apologized, and the NFL is probing that it's uh, a, apparently pervasive NFL betting. Uh, the, yeah. There may be others that are involved. Uh -huh. um, Sports Illustrated says that it may be a lifetime ban mm. for Rogers, but we'll just have to see how uh, how widespread it is and how big the scandal was. But, you know, there should not be a way for a player to make money by gambling while he's playing the game. Gamble on baseball if you're a football player. I don't think yeah, that's – basketball. I, I don't think that's allowed Holy. either. I don't think that's allowed. I, think I don't think it is allowed, but I'm just yeah. saying in my opinion, yeah. in my opinion, that is not as um, – not nearly as bad as gambling on your own sport while yeah. you're playing your sport, that is just you just can't do no, that. It's just it doesn't dumb. make any, it does not make any sense that you can't have an, a product in which the players have incentive to not play the game 
to their fullest ability. It doesn't make any sense. With you that, exactly. With that, folks, we're going to take a quick break because we are all hyped up and ready. Yeah, for we're going to hyperventilate if we we're, don't take a gonna break. We're going to go to, go to the break. break. This yeah, is the uh, Fanatical I, Elf. I got to see how I'm doing on the money line on the Guardian. Yeah, you take That's it. That's right. Yeah. So the fanatic, this is our Fanatical Elves show. We will be, this is part of the Fanatical Elves network. We were going to take a break real quick, and we'll be right back after these commercials. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, welcome back to the Fanatical Elves show. We are part of the Fanatical Elves network, part of Fans First Sports Network. And I am your host, John Suchan. We're here with Steve Gill and the Village Elliot. Thank you for coming back after that really extensively long break. Uh, Steve, did you get a chance to look at your um, uh, draft DraftKings uh, things for the Guardians or what, whatnot? Uh, <laughs> I don't bet. I, I, yeah, I like are are we hypocrites if we make money by selling commercials? <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh. So let's move on. Um, so we're, we're going to talk Elliot trivia. Moving the, Elliot, moving we're going to talk trivia here. Compass. Okay. So this is our final trivia uh, question. Now, folks, if you're listening or if you're watching this, you can email the show at elvesnetwork at gmail.com or you can direct message us at Twitter or on Facebook with the answer to this question. This is a really, really difficult question. So I really want you to think here, Browns fans. All right. So our trivia question tonight is former – Cleveland Brown, great head coach, owner, uh, the guy that founded the Cleveland Browns. His name was Paul Brown. Okay. The question is, Paul Brown, all right, where, where did he coach high school football before he went on to the college ranks and eventually helped create the Cleveland Browns? Paul Brown, the great Paul Brown, where – did he coach high school football in the state of Ohio? My mother went to this school as well, hmm. but not at the same time that Paul Brown was coaching. I don't believe. Hmm. So that's hmm. the, that's the question. Email the show at L's I network. Know there are at- people out there who know this answer. So come on, you can do it. Two free tickets. All we need is your name and a contact. You can direct message us right on our social media platform, right on Twitter. I will, we will read those and I will be in contact with you. We're going to announce the winner later this week, this weekend, when we have our kickoff, the any given kickoff show Sunday evening, we will announce the winner of these two. That's right. Free tickets. And I believe the left guard, Joel, has already promised to be there in attendance to hang out with you. If you win these tickets, he will, I know he's famous and you want to hang out with Joel, the left guard. 
let me tell you, you're going to have a great time. I might even be there too. And I don't, I think at Village Elliot, sometimes you, you come to those big games. So you might be in attendance. We might just have a big party that day. Well, well, we might. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to our next topic here. Um, real quick. I wanted to get your take on Nick Chubb and Jim Brown. We've talked about the, the passing of Jim Brown and, Recently, you know, people have been in the media circle that follow the Brownies have been talking more about Nick Chubb, including myself. And if he can uh, realistically uh, catch Jim and um, we've kind of talked about it here on this show again, but I'd like your assessment. Um, I believe that I strongly believe that the Browns should give him another contract potentially by the, by next year uh, to, to extend him. I figure he still needs five seasons, at least probably six to catch Jim's some of what, where he's at. So that's my take on it. Uh, Steve, let's go with you first. Boy, Does he have tough. a chance? Um, I love and Nick Chubb, he? Um, but he plays a position that let's, face it, very few have longevity at. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Nick Chubb would probably tell you, you know, if, if you're only extending me so I could break Jim Brown's record, don't extend me. Mm. Didn't he famously say to OBJ when OBJ said, I want another touchdown, all he said was, I want to win. You want to win. So um, could he do it? <clears throat> what, he signed what? Elliot, this year and next year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, I'm not sure. But it's through it's through the next two seasons. So he'll be in a free agent. Yeah, 2025. 20, 20, 25. Yeah. He, yeah. He might be able to do it if he signed through 25. I don't know how many yards he's behind. I know he's climbing up the list fast. I mean, he's half. Uh, he's halfway there. Halfway there? Ooh. Yeah. Um, I think of the NFL as a business and extending him just for the sake of having him pass Jim Brown is not a good business decision. In this new offense, I'll Steve, do you way. think, well, let me just ask you this because with this new offense and LA, you can talk about this next uh, as far as uh, Nick Chubb, but with the new offense and how they're spreading it out and whatnot, Chubb might not get maybe as many rushes. I mean, I think we are investing too much time looking at that, but if he doesn't get as many touches, the touches he does get, it'll keep him fresher. So maybe it can, he'll continue that nice yardage, his uh, 5.3 yards per carry. I mean, where do you where do you kind of see that? Steve, do you have any thoughts before I go to Elliot? Um, the good news is if the offense clicks early, you're going to see a lot of Nick Chubb late. So, mm. you know, to, to keep the lead. That, yeah. If one thing Kevin Stefanski is consistent on, that's what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. So, okay, he may get a few more carries than we all think. He well, and the, the, that's the funny thing too is you go back and look at last season. Everybody was complaining about how Nick Chubb wasn't touching the ball more, and yet he had more touches a year last season than any other in his career so far. So. Right. It totally, you know, I know our, our leader in charge, uh, uh, Randy Gersey, would oftentimes remind me of this in our conversation that, you know, Nick Chubb was getting the ball. I always thought he needed to get the ball more. <laughs> so, 
Uh, Elliot, where are you at with uh, Nick Chubb? Do you think that he has a shot or is it just, you know, out of reach? Oh, no, he absolutely has a shot because he's going to play more years than Jim Brown and he's got more games per season than Jim Brown. He's not going to get Jim Brown's record in the same number of games or even the same number of seasons. Um, but, yeah, he has a, a real legitimate shot. Now, as for the number of carries and the number of yards that he's going to get this year, because does anybody know how to do math? I don't understand why people can't understand that he's going to get, uh, you know, the carries that Kareem Hunt isn't going to get because Kareem Hunt is not on the team. So when they're talking about fewer team carries this season, uh-huh. that's not going to impact Nick Chubb's total number of touches because there is not Kareem Hunt to absorb half of the carries uh, this season. Uh-huh. Nick, Kareem Hunt's not on the team. You don't so see that Chubb is going to have more touches than he did last year, even as the team has fewer rushing attempts than he did last year. I think okay, there's a real danger of overworking Nick Chubb this season, uh, even if they they do have fewer overall rushing attempts this year. Mm. I, don't, okay, I don't know where people point. are getting their numbers from. Great point. <laughs> Elliot bringing it. Just add it up. Figure out yeah, how many yeah. rushing attempts – right that Kareem Hunt had last year and ask where are they going to come from? Well, some well, of them, Jerome Ford, to, I mean, some, no, but yeah, how many did he have last year? Six. <laughs> okay. But, but isn't he like the, isn't he, it's, it's being suggested that he will replace Kareem Hunt's. Yeah. But he had number. six, six. Oh, I get that. Season. But I mean, but well, if Kareem, yeah, it's, if Kareem it's was getting the same. It's not for sure that he's going to be able to replace Kareem Hunt. You're talking about a guy that had six rushing attempts last season. Oh, yeah, I think he can replace a former All-Pro running back. Sure. That, that is so not obvious. So, you know, to me, it's very clear that Nick Chubb has to be prepared to absorb more of well, I tell you, Kareem Hunt's rushing Elliot. attempts. Than than no, this kid I, I, that had six rushing attempts last season. That's crazy. Yeah. No, I hear you. I think, um, you know, what was really uh, striking to me the the symbolism, and I don't know, I don't know if you call it symbolism. Seeing Nick Chubb on the field during mini camps the last couple of days, there was some footage of him um, minus Cream Hunt, who oftentimes we would see pictures or video of the two of them standing side by side and they really supported one another and they would talk to each other or talk to the media together and supporting each other's endeavors. And now he's missing and just, you know, you and I, we all have worked, we all work with, you know, colleagues and friends and, or, you know, people that we know, and that's got to have some effect on Chubb um, working without, somebody that he was probably pretty close to. And I, you wonder how that will, you know, affect him in good ways and bad ways, potentially. I, I don't think it's going to be a negative negative, but it is, it was, it's kind of, if I'm an emotional guy, so it was a little bit sad to see that, you know, Hunt was not there. Yeah. By the way, I made a mistake. Jerome Ford didn't have six attempts last season. He had eight. And he had 12 yards total rushing. His average was 1.5 yards. And, you know, uh, 
maybe he'll have a breakout season and it'll turn out to be, you know, like Leroy Kelly replacing Jim Brown in uh, 1965. But I mean, man, we just can't take that for granted. I think we have to assume that Nick Chubb will get all the rushing carries he wants uh, in 2023. And uh, I I really think he's going to need to have more uh, receptions this season than he's had in a long time, because I think that's the way Deshaun Watson plays is he likes to throw the ball to his running backs. And yep. uh, so running Nick backs and tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Elliot, yeah, let me I, ask. The, yeah, I'm sorry, Steve. I noticed, one thing I noticed about Chubb, two things. He's smiling a lot, which is very <laughs> unusual for Nick Chubb. And he looks like he's in the best shape of his life. I think he knows he's going to be carrying the load a little bit more this year. With Hunt you think gone. so? Okay. Oh, he looked like he was in great shape. My goodness. Let's um let's jump since we're talking a little bit about Jim Brown jump and uh to a little bit of cardiac history. Um what sparked Mike's history lesson here in cardiac history moments was our colleague again the left guard talking about his trivia question which was earlier in the week and if you want to answer his question, it was who, what quarterback led the Cleveland Browns in the late 1980s, early 90s to three AFC championship games? I won't give away that answer, but if you want to answer the question, who was the Browns quarterback that led them to three AFC championship games in the late 80s, early 90s? Mid to late 80s. Mid to late 80s. Yeah, okay, that's right. So yeah. Thank you. Um, 1986, 1987, 87, not 1988, but 1989. So if you have the answer yeah. to that, send, I have no idea who it was. Send your answers to the <laughs> network at gmail.com or direct message us at our Twitter pages. Um, so I'm not going to give away the answer, but um, the Browns did make it to three AFC championship games during yes, that they period. Did. Do you know where those, um, where those Super Bowls could have been for us Browns fans to attend. Did anybody, um, any guesses there? I thought this was a little, mm. little fun to see if you see if one know. was in, uh, one was in California. I think Yeah, the first one was the uh, Giants, the, Giants and the, the Broncos. 87. Yeah. The 86 season um, when the Browns lost on the drive. Um, the Browns would have gone out to play in Pasadena at the Pasadena. Rose Bowl. Um, the following year, when they played and lost on the um, fumble, fumble, when Ernest Biner unfortunately fumbled it as he was going in. So, you know, speaking of that, before I give away the answer to that, when the Browns played that game and he fumbled the ball, People go back in time and they say that the Browns would have won the game, but I've gone back and watched that. If they had scored the touchdown there, they would have still had to kick the field goal. To, I think tie it. It would have only been. Well, you got to remember when Denver got the ball back, they took an intentional safety. They, intentional they did. Safety. Right. It's, okay. That's right. It was, so it was 36. Wait, it was, so it was 36 to 33 at the time. And when the Browns were going to take the lead and then they took the intentional the final score was like well, 38-33, I thought. The thing about that game was the Browns in the second half 
oh. had all the momentum. Oh, they had all everything. The momentum. They had Denver on their heels. Oh, the whole I second mean, half. Yeah, I Definitely. know because they were down. They were down at halftime, and so they that, came roaring back. That and, game was, um, yeah, they did. We would have, you know, where we would have gone, Steve. We would have gone to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would have been nice. And so then the next year they um, they didn't go to the eighty-nine championship. But then the following year in the eighty-nine season, the Super Bowl, and back then the Super Bowl was played in January. Still, they would have gone down to Mardi Gras. They would have gone to New no, Orleans exactly. to play in the That's Dome. Right. So man. Opportunities. Anybody know where the Super Bowl is being played this next season? Vegas. Elliot, what do you think? Uh, that sounds like a good guess. That sounds right. I'm not sure though. You are correct. Vegas. You are. Yep. It's Allegiant Stadium, Paradise, Nevada. So all you fans, you can bet on February that game 11th. right there in Vegas. February 11th, and any guesses as to where the Super Bowl would be played in 2020 for the 2024 season? Uh, it's, it's now the no not the just the Superdome; it's the Caesars Superdome down in New Orleans again. New Orleans, okay. Yep, yep. All right, um, Elliot, you have any Steeler jokes or Brownie jokes? Um, well, actually, I, I have uh, some uh, Steelers material. Mm. Uh, these are not actually jokes, but I wanted to share with uh, Cleveland fans uh, some uh, uh, wonderful stuff from uh, uh, the uh, uh, the uh, hockey announcer that they had uh, in uh, uh, in Pittsburgh. And uh, he he was very famous for uh, making up these really absurd uh, calls. And uh, man, I'm stalling because I'm blanking on his name. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, I'll I'll come up with it and and let you know uh, in just a minute. But anyway, some of the calls that he would make were completely outrageous. Like, uh, um. And by the way, there's a guy in Columbus that's that's very similar. His name is Bob uh, McEllicott. Okay. And he he would say you know just stuff like uh, one one of the classic calls is uh, "Great balls of fire," and something <laughs> unusual would happen during the game, and he'd say, "Scratch my back with a hacksaw." <laughs> Look out, Loretta! <laughs> Buy Sam a drink and get his dog one too. He beat him like a rented mule. Michael, Michael, motorcycle. He's smiling like a butcher's dog. Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. (laughs) One one of my favorites when the the game was starting to heat heat up a little bit, he'd say, get into the fast lane, Grandma. The bingo game is about to start. And then the goalie, after somebody would score a goal on him, he'd say, he doesn't know whether to cry or wind his watch. <laughs> and that, the announcer's what? name is Mike Lang, L-A-N-G-E. Mike, Mike Lang. Lang. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's still- retired now. <laughs> Man, he was an awesome announcer. 
you Pittsburgh guys, the Pittsburgh Penguins, I, I know you guys really appreciate uh, uh, Mike Lang so much, and uh, we don't really have a, the chance to listen uh, to Pittsburgh broadcasts that much because the signal doesn't really quite make it all the way to Cleveland. Maybe on the east yeah. side we could get it a little bit. But, yes. Yeah, and those are just fantastic broadcasts. And uh, Oh, that's great. Yeah, great. We, we, uh, we really uh, envy you guys in Pittsburgh for that. I used to be able to catch that yeah. in, in West Virginia. When I lived in West Virginia, I could get broadcast. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Just to listen to that. Well, thank you for taking us down that 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 memory. That's that's awesome. Just awesome. Um, Hockey announcers a, are all that way. <laughs> I think Steve, the NFL any, uh, should employ hockey announcers. Yeah, that would really be okay. Steve, you any, uh, did you know moments or for either one of you, uh, this segment of our yeah. show where – uh, talking about Browns history or just anything of Browns. Did you know, Steve, what do you got? Well, did you know, and I, I'm only talking about the AFC North. I'm not talking about the AFC Central. Only okay. the AFC North. No team has won the AFC North three times in a row. Oh. Cincinnati oh. has won it the last two years. So. Oh. Mm. Grab your FanDuel apps, and <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's very interesting. That is very, interesting. very cool. Yeah, that very was a, a stat I saw this week, and I went, "Huh, I hmm. didn't know that." That is neat. Yeah, hmm. uh, Elliot, you got anything else I, other than? Well, I mean, you're yeah, yeah. I did. I did have a, a couple things. Uh, we talked about uh, quarterbacks. Um, one is, uh, can you name for me the? Uh, quarterback for the new Browns in 1999 who started the first game ever for the Cleveland Browns. Does anybody mm, remember mm, who mm. it was? Um, yes. And should I, do I need to give a hint? Who I got it. Game number one? Okay. Who I'm was it? Smart. Who was it, John? Ty Detmer. That's right. It was Ty Detmer. Most people would guess that it was Tim Couch, but that's not true. Tim started game number two, I believe, but, uh, yeah, the, that's when now, the rebuilding program started. Elliot, but, now you said something to me the other day about who was uh, through the first Browns touchdown in like 1946, and it's not Otto Graham, right? That's true. It was not Otto Graham. Otto Graham did not start at quarterback that first game either. Hmm. Um, the, was uh, his name Cliff? Was it Cliff Lee? Uh, no, that's a Cliff, Cliff Lewis. Yeah, Cliff Lewis, Cliff Lewis yes. was. Okay. Uh, uh, See, I looked that up earlier myself, just to, and I could I got the wrong name. Cliff Lee was a baseball player for the Indians. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what else I, I realized uh, after looking at the stats is that when they um, talked about when you got credit for being a starter, um, they didn't have separate stats for offense and defense. Mm. So, in other words, um, as soon as they lined up. You know, whoever's on offense was a starter. Whoever was defense was a starter. Um, but so you only, uh, uh, you know, your quarterback, in other words, would only get um, half the starts, not not all of the starts. You couldn't have uh, mm -hmm. a uh, starting streak if you were just the quarterback. So if you played uh, 12 games a season, you were only going to get six starts mm -hmm. uh, per season. So I didn't realize that. Mm. Um, interesting, very but anyway, very. Cliff Lewis, but uh, uh, autogram did start on defense 
He played yes. the def- in the defensive backfield as a cornerback. And in fact, I'll give you another weird stat. Would you like this stat? Yes. Uh, Otto Graham had as many interceptions on defense as he did on offense that first season. He threw five <laughs> picks, but he also made five picks as a cornerback. Way to make up for his mistakes. Yeah, that's right. So his net was zero. That blows my mind. I mean, seriously. Tom Brady. Do you hear that, Tom Brady? I think we need to share that interception. I'm going to share that on our on our network. That is a great stat. How about that? That is. What what year was that? Was that his first year in forty? That was 1946. Yeah, he he played less and less on defense. So Um, he had five interceptions and threw for five interceptions. (laughs) That's right. That is awesome. Yeah, one oh, for wow. one, one um, <laughs> national basketball league uh, championship. Move over, Tom Brady. That's right. There we go. Yeah, yeah basketball let's see you do that, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, or Aaron Rodgers. We'll just rub it in the Aaron Rodgers. Let's see if you can do that. Well, yeah, rub it. Aaron Rodgers just barely has one uh, football ring. Never so, mind basketball. We've got um, a couple, just a couple minutes left here. Uh, the Browns have their first preseason. They play in the Hall of Fame game against the New York Jets on August 5th, I believe. And I think we're going to have a road trip up that way. Actually, uh, our, our, my, our plans to go to Florida have uh, di- uh, changed. So I will be here in, in Ohio. So anyway, with that, not that anybody cares. Um, where do you see what coming up now? You know, we've had mini camp. We're going to be going toward, you know, the main part of camp starting up here. Browns will be in Greenbrier, I think West Virginia for a few days. Where are you at with your um, assessments, you know, coming off of mini camp? And we kind of talked about that earlier. What are you looking forward to over the next two months as we get closer to that first preseason game? Uh, Elliot, let's go with you first. Um, I think the Browns are much improved. I think if you go uh, down the roster and compare them, on defense to the Steelers, to the Ravens, and to the Bengals, their roster is just as tough as any of the other teams. I think I'm mainly concerned about the defensive backfield. I think they had the talent last season, but they didn't play very well. I don't know what's changed uh, that much uh, at at the cornerback position. They still have talented guys, but they underachieved. Uh, so I'm I'm mostly concerned about that. Yeah, I, I think Schwartz, maybe Sh- hopefully Schwartz and his – I think, Steve, you also uh, – going to you real quick, uh, your final assessments. And uh, you also pointed something out at the break or before we came on the air about what Jim Schwartz uh, recently – the Browns just uh, Jim talked Washburn. about today. Yes, you want to talk about that They for hired a him as a uh, special defensive advisor, hmm. uh, which I love the move. Him and Schwartz go way back. Um, this guy's going to get a, uh, another set of eyes. Uh, they run basically the same type of defense. He's already been at OTAs. He was at uh, voluntary OTAs. Uh, one of the beat reporters noticed him. So mm-hmm. I love this move. Um, it That does nothing but help the defense. And um, I agree with uh, Elliot. That's what I'm most concerned about. I'm not – you know, the offense looks pretty relaxed, pretty mm-hmm. – uh, looks like everybody's on the same page. Defense, I, w- I want to see I want to see it with my own eyes. That, right. That's, 
Then I'll drink the Kool-Aid. Right now I'm sipping the Kool-Aid. <laughs> then I'll drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, that'll get me excited. I, I cannot wait for that uh, third preseason game. I'm hoping it's going to be a full dress rehearsal against the Eagles. Good team. That should tell us a lot. That's what I'm looking forward. You know, also, I'm also looking forward to no Browns player news in the next six weeks. Stay home, yes. guys. Yes. Hire a driver. <laughs> Order in. Yes. I, I've got uh, two words for Cleveland Browns players. Cubic zirconia. <laughs> I have two words, DoorDash. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hey, guys, I appreciate you being on our Fanatical Elf show. Once again, we have great contributors. Elliot writes for Dog Pound Daily, um, some other spots too. We got Elliot, uh, We got Steve up there. He writes for Cleveland Sports Talk, has his own blog, the, Cle- uh, the Dog Pound South. Uh, check that them man. out there, um, dot, dot net. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Elliot, again, for being part of our, our show tonight and part of our Fanatical Elves Network. We They are producing great stuff, and we'll be coming to you with more shows this weekend and next week, so stay tuned. Um, again, answer our trivia question. Tonight's question was, where does Paul Brown, Where what high school did he coach at in the state of Ohio? Everybody have a great night. Thanks. Go Brownies. See ya. Go Browns.